Why do people go to higher ground in a flood? Why do, why do people climb up trees? Pregnant women. Fathers with their babies. Why, why do they get on the top of buses? Why, why do they reach up? Why do ordinary people, people like you and me, load up buckies and, and trailers with all sorts of goods and travel off into a place like that through tremendous hardships? Why? Why do helicopter pilots get into multi-million rand aircraft and at the risk of their own lives go and look for people that perhaps, just maybe, they can rescue? Why? There are lots of reasons. But I think the main reason is hope. Because in situations like that, when, when most people have given up hope, some people say, there is hope. And because there's hope, I'm going to do something about this. To be honest, at the moment, it feels to me that for many, many people, hope is in short supply. And I feel like that at the moment. A country... Our world, perhaps even our own circumstances where we go, I'm just really not sure. I'm really not sure. And perhaps, perhaps with all the challenges that are happening in life right now, you've been tempted to trade hope in. It's easy to do that. It's easy to trade hope in. It gets old and it gets worn out and we swap it for something else. Maybe for cynicism. Maybe we swap hope for fear. Maybe we blame or we lash out because hope has been lost. Perhaps we just decide, I'm just going to go through the motions. I'm just going to put one foot in front of the other and stay busy so that I don't have to think about the future. To be honest, the Easter Sunday story starts a lot like that. It starts for a whole lot of people as completely hopeless. People who had given three years of their lives to following this rabbi, this teacher, this miracle worker by the name of Jesus had probably traded in their hope. as they sat around, as they, as they scattered. I wonder how much they thought about the fact that they had invested almost everything. In fact, the Bible says some of them had, they had left everything to follow him. They'd seen some absolutely amazing things. First hand, they'd seen things that you and I, I'm sure that if we saw, we'd never stop telling people about. They'd seen people get healed. They'd seen crowds fed. Some of them had seen Jesus walking on water. They'd been there when he calmed the storm. 
They'd heard Jesus make enormous claims about himself. He used the word, I am, a lot. Now, that doesn't sound like a big statement for us. But for people who came out of the Jewish religion and Jewish culture, for somebody to say, I am, was enormous. And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the life. These are huge claims. I am the living water. I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the Messiah. He was saying things like, I am God himself. It was crazy for a human being to say that. In fact, the Bible tells us that that message is foolishness to most people. But even though this message sounded crazy, there were people that even said, Jesus is insane. They'd started to believe. And they'd started to hope. And they'd begun to make bold statements about who Jesus was or who they certainly thought he was. They said things like, you are the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. You are the teacher of Israel. You are the Son of God. You are the Messiah. You have the words of eternal life. What massive statements. In the world those people lived in, those weren't just sentences. Sometimes to say those things meant a sentence. Sometimes it meant that you actually risked your life because they weren't just religious slogans in that environment. They were political statements. They weren't just saying something about Jesus. They were saying something about the Roman Empire and Caesar and the temple and all sorts of other things. These were outrageous claims. And for many of them, it meant death. And they'd said it. And they'd hoped. And they'd believed. And now Jesus was dead. I wonder what it felt like on that Saturday as they try to process the end of hope. Hope was dead. And so they traded it in. They traded hope in. Some for outright denial. Some for fear, they hid away. Some for cynicism, they would not believe until it was proved to them. Some just for what many of us do, just get busy. Just do things. This morning, for the next few moments, I want to focus on one person in particular. A woman called Mary Magdalene. She had had a deep and beautiful commitment to following Jesus. She had believed in Jesus. 
She had experienced his love and his acceptance and his forgiveness. She had, Jesus, she had seen Jesus perform a huge miracle, raising her brother from the dead. She may even have been that woman that once at a party where Jesus was a guest poured out perfume on his feet that was so expensive that the Bible tells us that it was worth a whole year's wages. Do the maths in your head. What a sacrifice. What an investment simply to demonstrate her love and devotion to Jesus. Jesus who loved her, who showed her mercy and grace, who used her to show other people that they were self-righteous and judgment and that his grace and mercy and love is offered to everyone who is open to receive it. She had put her hope in Jesus. And now Jesus was dead. And hope was dead. And so she does the only thing that she knows to do. She mourns. She mourns. And the Bible tells us in John chapter 20 that early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. Why is she heading to the grave? Well, with her hope gone, it seems she just wanted to mourn. She just wanted to express love. She just wanted to be busy. She just wanted to, to, to show her friend how much she loved him. And, and, and at least now that he's dead, she could give him a dignified burial. She went there to not only mourn her friend, but mourn her loss of hope. The book of Mark gives us a little more detail as to what was going on in that moment. It says this in Mark chapter 16, When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome brought spices, bought spices so that they might go to anoint Jesus' body. Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb, and they asked each other, Who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? See, even on the way there, it gets more hopeless. We, we, we want to go do this, but there's this enormous stone that's there. It's massive. And not only is the stone there, but the Romans have sealed the tomb. And, and, and we know that there are guards there. And in, in, even in their hopelessness, it seems that it keeps getting more and more hopeless. And then they get there. And the stone is gone. I just, I, I don't know if there was a spark of hope. I, I, I don't know what. But then they look inside. And Jesus' body is gone. Somehow it always seems worst case scenario, doesn't it? Because in her despair, she sees men there and she's crying, obviously. And they say to her, why, why, why are you crying, woman? And she says, 
they've taken my Lord. He's gone. I just wanted to love him. I just wanted to show some respect for him. And, and now he's gone. And she turns away. Because the very last little thing she could do, she could no longer do. And then, through her tears, she sees another man standing there. And obviously, she's crying. She doesn't know who he is. She's blinded by her grief and her hopelessness. And when she sees this man, she thinks he must be the gardener, the guy that looks after this place. And he asks her a question, who are you looking for? I'm looking for Jesus, she says. What have you done with him? Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying, and as she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. And they asked a woman, why are you crying? They've taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they've put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've put him and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. And Mary in that moment looks and says, Teacher, in that moment, in that moment from utter devastation and hopelessness, all of a sudden she realizes something. Hope has a name. Hope has a name. Suddenly everything changes from desperate darkness, tears, and hopelessness. A bigger and brighter and crazier than ever hope suddenly dawns. Hope has a name. His name is Jesus. More than anything else, the story of Easter that we Christians celebrate year after year is the story of a crazy hope. The Bible even says it sounds like foolishness. But I want to tell you this morning that it is not. And it's not a naive and 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 ridiculous hope in something perhaps that will get better. In good times and in bad times, in floods and in fires, when we're on top of the world and when everything seems perfect, when we are in depths of despair and in the shadow of death, we know that whatever is happening around us, we know this. That hope has a name. His name is Jesus because he rose from the grave and he knows your name. If you don't know him yet, I want to tell you this, that one day Jesus will look at you and he will say your name to you. And in that moment, he will offer you the opportunity to say his name back. And to say, yes, Jesus, I had no hope, 
But now I have this crazy hope that this man who once lived, who died, is the God of the universe, the creator of heaven on, 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 and earth, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. His name is Jesus, and he knows my name. Let's pray together. Oh, God, how is it that you know our name? How is it that you love us so much that you came down when we had turned our backs on you, when we had refused to love you, when we had given up all hope, when we believed that everything, everything we knew had simply disappeared. Yet you rose again. You came up out of that grave in the power of the Spirit and that we can know your name and that you know us and that you love us and want us to worship you. Lord, thank you that we can do that now because hope has a name. I know it well The melody That's in